The Sports Bar with Danger and Bataglia. It's Football Friday. Broncos country. Let's run. They're a really good football team. Uh, this is a game the Bills should win, and they're very good in Orchard Park. They play their best football in Orchard Park this year. But there's an element to this team that you just don't know how they're going to show up each week. Mike Danger. How do you think it's going to go? Okay, go through the same exercise. Who has a better quarterback? Buffalo. The better defense? Well, Buffalo. Better receivers? Buffalo. The Bills should win. We should win this. On Monday. Gene Bataglia. This is one where we'll be maybe tricked into thinking the Bills are bad here. I'm thinking this is going to be a comfortable win Monday night finally, but it's not going to be much. It's Denver. Whatever. Bears held up the Panthers 16-13. Touchdown! Touchdown Bears! Why are you so pissy? It's the biggest story in college football. That's why I keep bringing it up. Michigan man. College basketball. The NBA season. Ah! The Amherst host Utica. Go Sabres. What are they up against tonight in Minnesota? The Minnesota Wild. Go Titans. 95.7 FM and AM 950, The Fan, Rochester. Welcome back to the Sports Bar. Danger and Pataglia. Glad you're listening along locally at 95.7 FM, AM 950. You can hear us in the free-to-download Odyssey app on your smart device when you ask it to play 95.7 The Fan. You can even watch the Sports Bar at the Fan Rochester on YouTube and Twitch. Don't forget to like and subscribe while you're there. You'll always know when we go live here in the sports bar. Also, reach out to us on Elon's Twitter. That's X, at the Fan Rochester. Like Mike from Sodus Bay, one of our regulars who reached out to ask, hey, if Gene Battaglia won't wear a Santa hat at Three Heads next week, will he wear a Pilgrim's hat instead? I'm not dressing up, Mike. I'm sorry, that's not happening. It's not in the cards. Danger was trying to go, oh, where is it? It's the start of the holiday season. You I said, said it. yeah, I have the take that the Friday before Thanksgiving, because it's a short week, this is our kind of way to say, hey, the holidays are here. Let's have a cold one and maybe a one or two. And uh, as soon as you heard the word holidays, your mind went over. Like, why not dress me up as Santa? Where go ahead. Go? It'd Y'all. be great. It'd be so much fun. We, you know, we could make it a family event and have kids come by with their parents as they're, you know, enjoying a fine cold. You know, we could we could share a cold one, maybe a win or two, and you could tell Gene what you want for Christmas. We can share a cold one and maybe a win or two. I, I'm sure we have some regulars that would sit on your lap and tell you what they want for Christmas. They ever wonder, like, do they really screen Santa's properly? Oh. Never mind. These are things I don't wonder anymore. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, maybe, maybe when yeah. my kids were of that age, yeah. I would wonder, like, uh-huh. what's this? Right, Mall Santa. What are you about? <laughs> Background check. Uh, before we got some takes here, but uh, your reaction to this breaking news, Mike Danger, where, yes, the Friday afternoon news dump did happen. The Big Ten trying to bury this. Here's my take. I'm wondering. There's got to be someone like Saul Rosenberg in Michigan that's looking for an injunction. Oh, oh no, I'm going to sue everybody. Yes, I'm going to sue. I'm going to sue Ohio State. I'm going to sue everybody because this isn't fair. Jim Harbaugh needs to sue for punitive damages because he can't be on the sidelines for the next three games. What do you think of uh, Tony Petiti, Saul? Tony Petiti? Yeah, he's the commissioner of the Big Ten. Oh, he's just, he's hes mean, and he, he he's very angry. He threw me down the stairs when I met with him to ask about Jim Harbaugh, and I fell down the stairs, and my shoes fell off, and I cracked my glasses, and now I can't see, goddammit. <laughs> these, these guys, the Big Ten, nice flex. What is I, I'm trying to figure out, like, okay, okay, three games. You you get the coach during the week, so you're the coach. Yeah, but you can't be on the sidelines, so you don't get any airtime. That's 
That's the punishment? Uh, yeah, well, the punishment is when you're tuning in. Oh, the Big Ten means business because he's not a – okay, like could, could Jim Harbaugh actually buy a ticket and just kind of be like, hey, here's the signal I'm going to coach from the stands <laughs> yeah. there. That's, what I, that, that's, what, that's the flex I would love. Right. I, I think it's just all of it. I know it's a huge story in college football. It's just so ridiculous. And, you know, like, look, Harbaugh got caught, should be punished. Didn't think that anything was really going to come of this. And I don't think that anything comes of this, even if he's not on the sideline. I think Michigan does just fine against Penn State this weekend. Ohio State will be fun, even if Harbaugh's not on the sideline. And eventually, Harbaugh leaves Michigan the way Pete Carroll left USC. The cycle has repeated itself. Yeah, he'll probably, if I had to say, where does he go? Washington will say, here's a ton of money. Come be our new leader. The Raiders. Mark Davis. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's what it feels like to me. Um, it's a big story, but I don't know if... I mean, this this <laughs> this punishment feels like a joke. It feels like, well, we're going to flex as much as we can, but we can't, you know, we can't do what we really want to do. So let's just let's just meet in the middle, and this is the this is the punishment. The, the, the timing of this is a joke. And by the way, it's when the college football playoff happens. Assuming Michigan is in the college football playoff. He's back. He's back. Yeah. The NCAA is not going to be like, okay. Or any bowl game for that matter. Say so they don't make it in. Like, we'll see Harbaugh uh, one last game, you would, uh, would assume, in January. I, I find it hilarious, though, that they did this 4 o'clock Eastern on a Friday, you know, joking about, you know, the jerky boys. But we want to prevent any lawsuit or injunction. And, well, the clock's ticking now. Yeah. Like, so go find a judge right now. Well, I can find somebody and we'll send an injunction and we'll sue you for punitive damages because you did this in the middle of my day on Friday. I was enjoying a nice soup. And now I have to put my soup aside. I have to go and, and fill out this paperwork. And I want what's right. I want what's due. To me, my punitive damages, Jim Harbaugh should be on the sideline, Big Ten, Tony Petiti. Eh. I don't think this involves punitive damages. damages it so. does. It's punitive damages. It's Jim Harbaugh. You're smearing his name. And you're dragging his name through the mud, and he's a good man. He's a hardworking man. He's a blue-collar man. He's a Michigan man. And now he can't be on the sideline, and I'm suing everyone. Pete Carroll, I'm going to sue you. Wait, why, why, why are you suing Pete Carroll? Because he was the first one to do it this way, and I'm suing him. And I'm going to sue Nick Saban, and I'm going to sue everybody. You can't sue Nick Saban. I'm suing Nick Saban. Punitive damages. You can't sue Mike Danger. You can't sue anybody. I'm suing you, Gene Battaglia, for making me do this voice on demand. And I can't stop once I start. Now I don't know where I'm going. And now I'm lost, and I'm going to fall down the stu- stairs one more time, and my shoes are going to fall off. All right, I'll send you a lifeline song while you, you uh, get that. <laughs> um, switching over, uh, switching over to the NFL. I've got some takes. I know you got some takes too. Yeah. All right. So football this weekend, not the best of schedules. There's going to be one game though in the late, late afternoon window that's not going to be uh, on our TV, but I'm still going to be paying attention, right? Um, and it's a team that we all kind of poo-poo. We kind of say, hey, they're fun. Maybe they'll win one playoff game, and that would be good for them. But I, they're, yeah, that's as far as they'll go. And I'm, 
I was like that. Honestly, the beginning of the year, I'm thinking, okay, one playoff win, just making the playoffs would be a step for this team. Now I'm thinking they they could really go further. And if they win this week, that would be a nice one for them to pick up. Who am I talking about? I'm not talking about Houston. I'm talking about the Detroit Lions. They should win against the Chargers. Not only are they going to win that division, that's been kind of decided long ago. It's it's shaping up they're going to be the two seed. As a two seed in that conference, you're going to get... Not Dallas in round one. You're going to get some team like Seattle. Well, that's a win. And well, who's to say they couldn't win another? Especially if you have to host, I don't know, the NFC South winner or whatever. The the NFC that ends up the championship game being Detroit Philly. Sign me up. Seattle beat Detroit earlier this year, so I don't know that they would want to face uh, Seattle in the postseason. And I'll take it a step further. I think they can be the number one seed. I think Detroit's schedule, the way it shapes mm. up, they could be the one seed in the NFC. When you look at who Philly has, when you consider that Philly. Even by their standards, like they will be the first to admit they haven't played their best football. You watch that fourth quarter of the Dallas game. Philly got dominated by Dallas. Philly's going to lose some games down the stretch here. And Detroit is going to win a lot of games down the stretch. I think Detroit could be the one seed in the NFC. Now, if you're the one seed in the NFC, who are you Who are you getting that after that bye? You know, that remains to be well, seen. Well, the, the good thing is it's really difficult, and then they have a nice soft landing. So to pull this up, oh, gosh. After this, the Monday before Thanksgiving, we get Eagles Chiefs on Monday Night Football. Yep. Wow. And then the Eagles have a short week. Buffalo comes yep. in. The 49ers in a rematch. Ooh, now that's in Philadelphia. And then the Eagles have to go to Dallas. And then they have to go to Seattle. They're going to lose some games. Chiefs, Bills, Niners, Cowboys, Seahawks. I still think they go three and two. And I still think that's going to be enough. Now, the, the soft landing being here... <laughs> Okay, you get the Giants. Woo. Yeah, that the might Cardinals be, and the Giants again. Might be enough for them to win the division, to win the NFC East. Now pull up Detroit's schedule and look at the slappies they have yet to play. Because Detroit, you want to talk about a soft schedule. Detroit's they could be the one seed. Okay, so Lions this week, we know the Chargers. They host the Bears. They host the Packers. That's actually your Thanksgiving Day game. Wow, we used to be like, oh, the Lions. But no, I'm watching now. Um, the Lions and the Saints the following Thursday. That's a Sunday, a bigger part. Oh, they go to Chicago. They get the Bears twice. They get Denver. They get Minnesota. They get Dallas. They get Minnesota again. Maybe one loss. Maybe one. Maybe the Lions do have the home The field. Lions are going to be the one seed, Gino. Wow. I'm, I'm telling you right now, I would not be shocked if the Lions end up as the one seed in the NFC. Keep an eye on that. Well, what's the conversation like in Carolina today? After last night, you invested two first-round picks in order to secure Bryce Young number one overall. Last night, the team that you made that deal with beat you and your top pick in the draft with an undrafted Division II quarterback behind center. Here's what's clear about Bryce Young. Oh, by the way, I I saw something cross my feed that Panther fans are protesting. They're actually going to march and protest their team and their start. They're going to go to the to the stadium and do a a peaceful protest to make sure that everybody knows that this has got to stop. This is enough. We deserve better than we're going to protest. I'm I'm sorry. We're just not happy. We're going to do a (laughs) You did this yourself. Anyways, um, here's what I here's what's clear to me about Bryce Young. It's it's too early on Bryce Young. The Panthers don't have and, and Zach mentioned this last hour too. Zach Elb. The Panthers don't have really any quality on their roster. No one really on the line. Your number one receiver is a 33-year-old Adam Thielen. 
I'm going to go ahead and call my shot right here, right now. There's a player who will land in Carolina via free agency, and given what Bryce Young needs on the outside, he'll at least be a welcome addition, if not a success in Carolina. Panther fans, let me introduce you to Gabriel Davis, your new wide receiver one. Get out. Now, if the Bills were ahead of the curve, can you imagine if they traded Gabe Davis last year? I'd be like, whoa, whoa, what? Gabe Davis, I think, is not going to get the offers that would command. He's not a number one, and I think the we know this, and I think the league knows this now, Danger. Down the stretch, Gabe Davis will make plays for the Buffalo Bills. They'll connect. I mean, look, they've come close to connecting on some of these deep shots, some of these bigger explosive plays, and when Gabe Davis connects on those big explosive plays, we all fall all over ourselves and fall in love with Gabe Davis. Again. Oh my God, he's so good. Oh my God, he brings such an element to this. We know what Gabe Davis is. We know that he's essentially a straight line runner. Mm-hmm. He's not great and very nuanced in his route running, but if you're Bryce Young, if you're a young quarterback, you need somebody who's got a big wingspan who can go up and get it, somebody who can go deep, I think Carol, I, I bet you Carolina would view him and be like, he could be our number one. He's still young. He's still got all this. And, and they'll overpay for him, and they'll make him their wide receiver one. I think you're right about overpaying for a wide receiver. But when I'm looking at the free agent wide receivers, and I pulled this up. Now, a guy I'd like, but it would be very short window, Mike Evans. He's 30. That wouldn't be a fit. The guy that is hurt this week, T. Higgins. He's going to cash in. Yep. He's a number one. That's going to be the guy that a lot of teams will target. What about Calvin Ridley? It doesn't seem like he popped week one. It's been up and down for him in Jacksonville. I can't quite figure that out, but he's going to get paid. Um, there's other receivers here, too, that maybe uh, are, are kind of in that Gabe Davis category. Hollywood Brown in Arizona. Shahid in New Orleans has popped a little bit. Curtis Samuel with Washington. He's only 27. Tyler Boyd's going to be a free agent, too. I don't know that Gabe Davis is going to make a lot of money. I think we could it could end up being a situation much like Jordan Poyer. Like, hey, Gabe, listen, go check it out. And if you don't like what you like, uh, come back. See, that's where I think it's different. I think that the market for a wide receiver, especially if you're a team that needs needs help at that position the way Carolina does or Chicago or any of those teams, right? Like you, you, you're Chicago, you got DJ Moore and you're feeling a little bit better, but you're still, you really don't have anything behind him. Gabe Davis, because he's known for those big explosive plays and really that's all he's known for. He makes a couple of them here down the stretch. Watch his value go up. You heard the drum beat over the off season last year. What what could Gabe Davis be? He could be wide receiver one. Steph Diggs endorsing him. He I could be wide receiver one. I can't run away from the take. I can't move the goalposts. I said he was a one B to the one A. And that was coming off the four touchdown performance. Like you can't score four touchdowns in a playoff game and then kind of disappear in the way that Gabe Davis has had. Gabe Davis, I would nominate him for being the most frustrating in fantasy football because the week you don't play him, oh, there he's scoring. And the week you do play him, oh, he's not showing up in Cincinnati. Yeah. Um, Anyways, I I just thought about that as I was watching Bryce Young last time. You know, he doesn't really have any weapons. And and when they look to add in free agency, which they'll inevitably do, uh, that feels like a guy that would fit right in in Carolina. I like looking at stories for next week. And again, the story from this week, from the last 20 minutes, Michigan uh, head coach, Jim Harbaugh suspended. Uh, he will not be on the sidelines, but he's allowed to coach. Whatever. <laughs> so funny. Um, this is the story coming up next week. And by this time next week, I don't know what day this is going to happen. Or what time for that matter. 
But we're going to have our first relocation in baseball. Uh, is the vote for the A's moved to Vegas that is expected to take place? It's a happening danger. I don't see how this doesn't get approved. But logistically, this sounds like this is a nightmare. And all the parties involved here deserve a nightmare. Do you know? There haven't been legit stadium renderings yet for we that. We can't city. move forward without artist renderings. Give us what we want. Give us what we need. I want some hot artist renderings to look at. Well, the artist renderings they put forth are fake. Okay, that was just to get like those in in the Nevada legislature to say yes to it. But then people pointed out, like, wait, that stadium can't fit on that footprint. That has to be a much more smaller stadium if you're going to put it there. Oh, oops. Um, okay, stadium plans. Okay, uh, no check mark. Uh, what happens in the three to four years while that thing is being built? Oh, we haven't gotten to that point yet. Uh, no check. Vegas, and I, I will stand by this take. Too good a market to endorse this cheapo owner, John Fisher. You could wait and get an expansion team, but Nevada's already made a decision to say yes to this guy rather than wait for expansion. Again, all parties deserve a mess. Major League Baseball would be wise to vote this down, but you know they're not going to. You know, it's funny when we talk about expansion, too, and and tell me where you're at with this on baseball, because I know with football, with the NFL, as the NFL talks about expansion, like we get excited thinking about that, but at the same time, Right now in the NFL, what was the stat that there have been 10 rookie quarterbacks? When when Tommy DeVito starts this week. There'll be that, 10. That'll be the 10th, 10th rookie, rookie quarterback. quarterback. That's a record. There's not enough quarterbacks to sustain 32 teams in the NFL. Good quarterbacks. You can get quarterback, but it's going to be ugly. It's going to be Tommy DeVito, who the coaches don't want to see throw the football. So how's that going to look when you add another two, four, six teams? Even worse? Even worse. Yeah, it's like baseball has other problems, and we don't talk about like these networks going imploding. Like what happened out in San Diego should alarm every owner. That should be on the agenda. The fact that they missed or were in danger of missing payroll, they had to take out a forty million dollar loan yeah. just to make payroll. Yeah, it's crazy. Like they, they like Juan Soto's gone. That team is going to have a fire sale. Well. <laughs> That tells me the economics of baseball are kind of messed up here. Oh, here's a solution. You know what? Uh, expansion. Yeah, let's take a few checks and everything is going to be okay. Well, the money's not in the team. The money's in the stadium. We say it all the time. And if you're the owner of the of the A's, you get that stadium in Vegas, you'll print money. Yes and no. The money should be in television for baseball. You're on every single night. And those teams that figured this out... I'm going to put your Cubs in there because they found a marquee. That's where the money is. Do you have the eyeballs? Are you getting subscriptions? You're not coming to the stadium, but we're going to make it pay anyways. Okay, well, then how do teams like the Reds and other small market teams compete? I don't know, but I I just find this whole A's move to Vegas just it, it it's sketchy to say the least. Let's get uh, our fantasy Goomba on with us next. He's Tony Cotillo of Wind Daily Sports checking in from Philadelphia and will help set your week nine, I'm sorry, week 10 fantasy football lineups as week 10 got underway last night with the Bears uh, taking care of Carolina by a field goal. Love that Carolina plus three and a half if you're uh, playing the spread last night. Uh, Al even mentioned it at the end of the... Very funny how it ended by the Bears winning by a field goal. Love note for people. (laughs) Like his sly is always way. Al making uh, reference to the 
to the spread as the uh, game went final there. Uh, Tony Cotillo, Wind Daily Sports, stopping by the sports bar next. Join us here on 95.7 FM and AM 950, The Fan, Rochester. Odyssey has sports for every fan. Keep up with your favorite teams from across the country and get the inside scoop from experts. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Odyssey. The Fan Rochester Sports Update. Breaking news from college football as the Big Ten has suspended head coach Jim Harbaugh for the final three games of the regular season. Harbaugh will be allowed to coach during the week, just not on game day. Micah Hyde, Christian Benford did not practice today. Stefan Diggs, limited with a back injury, will have Bills Broncos coming up Monday night here on the Sports Leader. Tonight, it's hockey night. The Emmerichs hosting Utica. Head coach Seth Eppert on his banged up team. I've become a better coach when I stop worrying about things I can't control. These are just game injuries, and, and it's a physical sport. It happens. Um, this is why you have the depth that you have in the organization, and I fully expect us to play a strong game and give ourselves a chance to win regardless of who's in the lineup or who's not. Don Stevens will have the call at 7. Sabres tonight on WCMF. They take on Minnesota. RIT is home tonight hosting Mercyhurst. Gene Battaglia, the fan Rochester. Top Shelf Sports Talk. You're hanging out in the sports bar with Danger and Battaglia on the Sports Leader. 95.7 FM and AM 950. The Fan. Rochester. Week 10 underway in the NFL. Last night, the Bears get over on the Panthers. Next up, we've got a game in Germany. And let's make sense of it all here as we look ahead to Sunday. Set your fantasy football lineup with our buddy Tony Cotillo from Wind Daily Sports. who's good with his time to join us now in the sports bar. So we've got the stench of last night washed off of us. Now we get to look ahead to Sunday morning when we have the Colts and the Patriots. I don't know that there's a lot of fantasy relevance there, uh, Tony, but but what are you looking forward to watching to the most here come Sunday? Man, I'll tell you what. You know, it's funny. You, you mentioned last night's game. I mean, so hard. We, we already look at Thursday night and, and hope that we always get a good matchup. But uh, to watch that direct to me was uh, really tough. Uh, even as a betting perspective, it doesn't matter. But um, listen, I think for for the Indianapolis and New England game, you know, those games are typically tough too. I mean, any, anytime, whether it's London, whether it's Germany, doesn't matter. Those games are just really tough at times. And you're looking at a team that we have no idea what the offense is for New England. We don't know where it's going. I think the only thing I'm looking forward to is to see, you know, can Jonathan Taylor continue, uh, you know, to get back to form. I mean, I, I think that's the only kind of relevance that you have as a, as a fantasy player in that game. Yeah, is uh, we'll kind of have it on in the background like last Sunday. That's appointment television. Yeah. This not not so much here, uh, Tony. I want to ask you about a game. Not two teams that are, are attractive, but uh, from a fantasy perspective, maybe a betting perspective. Atlanta and Arizona. So on one side. Like, how frustrating is it watching Atlanta when you're not handing the ball off to B. John Robinson and Arthur Smith is running tight end runs here? But but my question is also here, what is your level of trust uh, with Kyler Murray? Considering we have, you might, with all these teams on by this week, Philadelphia, Kansas City, uh, Miami, there's a lot of quarterbacks that are not available. So what would be your trust level this week with Kyler Murray? No, I'll, I'll tell you what, man. This is a really tough one for me, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna preface this by saying, you know, I I got a nickname a long time called Jigsaw for the simple fact that I'm not afraid to speak my mind, and I I said uh, numerous times that Kyler Murray will never win the Super Bowl, Kyler Murray will never win a championship before he even signed that contract. 
This is a guy to me that's just not bought in. And, and, and I look at it and just look at his numbers. I mean, you know, you know he's had double digit interceptions every single year, you know, except 2022 when he got injured, he only played 11 games. So, I, you know, if you take the rushing element, and he's not even been the best rusher in the world, right? I mean, he's still not on the Jalen Hurts level. He's still not on, you know, the Lamar Jackson level. So for me to think that a guy who is, looks like he's completely uninvested into his team, to come back from this injury when it looks like maybe he could have come back a little sooner to just take this team to the next level. I have zero faith whatsoever uh, for in Kyler Murray, at least for this year, that is. Uh, but if you're really desperate, I mean, look, I'm going to tell you, I'd rather start his the guy who left to go to Minnesota so he could start in, in Hobbs. I, I, would, I would start Dobbs over Kyler Murray. And, and I'm, I'm dead serious because at least I know what I can expect from him. Tony, you want to talk uh, about a game that we are picking in Survivor, but I think there's also some fantasy implications here, and we can wonder just how far C.J. Stroud can go after that performance against Tampa last Sunday. Uh, they go into Cincinnati. They take on the Bengals. The Bengals are hot, but the Bengals also can look ahead here to Thursday when they have to face the Ravens in a very important game. Is this a trap for the Cincinnati Bengals? You know, this is this is really, really interesting because the, the Bengals are just running on all cylinders right now. And I, I don't think this is a trap at all. I think, you know, they're making up for lost time. You know, they came into this year, obviously, Barrow. I mean, they, they made a, a highlight of it in the game last week about how he could barely push off on his calf. And, and now you can see he, he's running a little more. He's a little more exuberant, a little more mobile. And he's getting that, you know, that spark back. But here's what you have to watch, too, though. You know, you have a guy, T. Higgins, not playing. You have a guy that hurt his hammy in, in, in Jamar Chase. So now, you know, even if Chase plays, how good is it going to be? So now you're looking at Tyler Boyd, possibly, and Mr. Irwin being their top two receivers. But one thing I will say is Joe Mixon showed me a different side. He looked like he was rejuvenated the last two weeks, an extra speed, an extra, you know, extra little tack on the speedometer. So I think they have what it takes to win this game. I don't think it's a trap game. But on the other side, man, all hats off to C.J. Shroud. I mean, you know, if you're a Carolina Panther fan, are you just dying right now watching C.J. Stroud play? Yeah, it feels like uh, this could be Peyton Manning, Ryan Leaf at this point. Like Ooh. how this is, uh, and, and look, we 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 heard the reports. Like it was the owner who uh, said, "Hey, Bryce Young is the choice." All right. You're the boss. Um, if that's the case. Don't worry about the Bengal receivers. They got Andre Yoshivis. Mm. Yeah, the pin- <laughs> yeah, we are like, we wanted Buffalo to draft the Princeton grad. No, it didn't Didn't happen that way. Speaking of Buffalo, Tony Cotillo is our guest. Uh, the Bills, and I use this analogy here because Sean McDermott recognizing that his defense is banged up and he wants to give his defense a little bit of a break and he's slowing down the pace here of this Bills offense. I use the NASCAR phrase, Tony, a restrictor plate. And I think that Sean McDermott has put a restrictor plate on this Bills offense here. Like, they should be up-tempo. They should be in attack mode. And something, like the analytics say one thing, but our eye test says another. Something is off here. So when we're looking at the Bills taking on a Broncos team that, okay, they've been better, but they still gave up 70 points. Is this a breakout game finally for this Bills offense coming up on Monday night? 
I sure hope so. And I and, and I and listen, I have all the respect in the world for Sean McDermott, but I, I think he's dead wrong in this decision. I really do. I listen. You know, one thing for sure we know this is you mentioned it's an up up tempo kind of offense. I mean, you you have weapons at every position on this team, and one of the best quarterbacks in the entire football league that can make things happen with his legs and his arm. So what do you do? Just outscore the other team. Now, if you're not worried about the defense, then just go balls to the wall and just outscore the other team. I mean, we, we, we watched it with the greatest show on turf. They, they, listen, the Rams had no defense whatsoever. They just outscored everybody, right? So, I mean, there's a way. And, and I think if it's not broke, don't fix. I know it sounds cliche, but, you know, this, this is an offense that's made and predicated on the big play. Gabe Davis, Stephon Diggs. I mean, listen, it's got to happen. And for him to just take that back, I don't think that's a good move, man. I, I don't. I, I don't like it at all. And I think that it looks out of sorts right now because the players are out of sorts and they're just not used to this kind of play, uh, this kind of tempo. A couple of good teams may, uh, meeting in the uh, early window and, and they're coming off the bye here. The Niners coming off the bye, getting a little bit healthier. Trent Williams, oh. Debo Samuel, uh, trying to end a three-game skid. They're... Their uh, road favorites against Jacksonville was kind of disrespectful to the Jaguars, who are a good team in and of themselves. What's your take on this matchup, and and how can we, uh, which players can we get into our lineups that that might work out in our favor on Sunday? Yeah, let, let me tell you, man. You know, you guys remember I, I was I I was not a San Francisco Forty Nine er kind of guy. Uh, you know, in the preseason when it came to fantasy, I specifically said stay away. You know, fade because this is what I saw. I saw a team that was going to be inconsistent, right? So, you know, if you look at this team in a way this matchup is is going to kind of play out, I mean, you're still looking at the defensive side of the ball with the San Francisco 49ers, how they got, you know, Trace Young is besides me. I mean, they get another stud on a defensive side. But I think the national pundits are sitting there going, there's no way this team should be 5-3. and three. It's a, You know, it's an aberration of what they've done the last couple of weeks, and they're going to come out. Into the bye, they're going to be fine. Christian McCaffrey is an MVP candidate. So I think, you know, obviously he's a guy that you're always going to have in your lineup. Receiver is where it gets interesting from a fantasy perspective. Because, you know, do you, you know, he practiced all week at Debo Samuel. But again, is he a one-trick pony kind of guy? You know, it, you know, can you get consistent targets from him? I still say if you're going to target anybody from fantasy, it's got to be Brandon Ayuk. He's the guy that you want to look at, and I think he'll be the most talented wide receiver in that game on both sides of the ball. Yeah, uh, Tony Cotilla, Win Daily Sports, uh, talking some fantasy football here as we're trying to help you optimize your lineups here. One team that has not been uh, a source here of fantasy points on offense, but they're winning games. It's Pittsburgh, and they get Green Bay this week. Now, taking this game, Tony, I got to be honest, I don't really have a feel here. How could you with the Steelers and the Packers at this point? But my question centers around... George Pickens, we know he has the talent. We have this drama that happened, and I don't like a player that bitches after a loss there. Very uncomfortable. So how do you see this going? Because I could see this going, hey, the best way to get past this is actually just kind of feed him the ball here and uh, you know get him to pop this week. What are your thoughts here on George Pickens? This is tough, man. This is, uh, you know, because I was a George Pickens guy, but I'm, I'm really hard against, you know, these diva wide receivers and the way they kind of outplay. I mean, at least I dealt with T.O. in this. I love Tower Owens, but I dealt with him and, 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 you know, his diva personification. And and you see it over and over again. You've even seen it, you know, with Stephon Diggs in the offseason when he wanted to, you know, came out talking about wanting to be in charge of the play calling and things of that nature. I mean, 
this is what you've developed in you know in the NFL. I'm just shocked it happened on a Mike Tomlin team because I like Mike Tomlin to me is is the most hard nosed but you know NFL coaster is, and I was shocked that it happened. And I think for a team that you know is kind of reeling a little bit, even though they're five and three, they get a guy like a Deontay Johnson back. They have a guy Al Robinson who's a veteran. You would think that this wouldn't happen, but it has. But I will say this, you know. I would be a little concerned because, you know, what you said is usually correct, but I think Tomlin has a little bit of Pete Carroll in him a little bit. And I think if this was DK Metcalf, Pete Carroll would throw the ball to Tyler Lockett instead. And I think they'd kind of show him a lesson. So I could see this game going the other way. And I could see like Jalen Warren getting a little more touches out in the backfield and a guy even like, you know, Deontay Johnson getting double the amount of targets that it used to. Tony, you mentioned earlier you would start Josh Dobbs from the Vikings over Kyler Murray mm-hmm. and the Cardinals. I want to go back to that Vikings. They're hosting the Saints, the Vikings uh, game uh, coming up in the early window on Sunday. And I'm curious as to what your thoughts are on the Vikings skill position players. Alexander Madison, does he get a bigger workload with no Cam Akers now in the backfield? Uh, and and what, what can we expect out of TJ uh, Hawkins? And what can we expect out of Jordan Addison, anybody that, that Dobbs might be distributing the ball to? Well, here's what you have to be very careful about. You have to be very careful because, you know, Hawkinson has a rib issue. So even though he's going to play, you know, he's one hit away from coming out of the game. So if you're, I'm just saying, there's one thing I always say as a fantasy player, there's two injuries I hate, hamstrings and ribs. And if you have a guy going into your lineup who's questionable with a hamstring or a rib, it just takes one play and he's gone. So it's a really tough decision. You know, I look at this game and I look at Kevin O'Connell, the way he's going to kind of re- resurrect this offense like he did last week. You watch Dodgers, he didn't even know half the plays just comes in and gets it done. I really, I'm going to tell you something. I throw these like curveballs out um, at people a lot when it comes to fantasy. And, and, and I'm looking at this team and I'm looking at guys injured, and, like KJ Osborne's banged up. I'm looking at a guy named Brandon Powell. And Brandon Powell to me is one of these guys, these gadget kind of guys that they can utilize all over, like Isaiah McKenzie and Elijah Moore, a Rondell Moore. And Dobbs liked Rondell Moore in that screen game and that kind of run-and-shoot kind of sweep personification. I think that you can look at that player, Brandon Powell, this week as being a silent assassin you know, in that game to where he gets a couple big plays. So just keep an eye on that injury report in that skill position because it's going to be tough for Minnesota. Uh, so, Tony, like, so you are in Philadelphia. We do have some Giant fans listening here yeah. in Rochester. Uh, honestly, like, and, and we are familiar with Tommy DeVito. Tommy DeVito <laughs> couldn't be the full-time starter at Syracuse, and somehow he found his way onto a practice squad. Somehow he found his way onto it being active. Somehow he's going to start this week. This is blowing my mind. 17 oh. points. Like, it's not just a fantasy. Well, I guess the fantasy question is, like, do they, the, the Saquon, if you're in a PPR league, is he just getting fed so much that it might be worth your well, even though it's going to stink out loud? Or just from a betting perspective, are you feeling comfortable enough laying 17 points in Dallas? Oh, man. You, you know, I would say yes, but here's what I will say. And, and this is the crazy part. It's kind of like playing the, the backward card here. You know, I watched, and this is tough for me because I am, you know, I'm a Philly guy. It's tough for me to give the Dallas Cowboys any kind of credit, but I will say this that they got off for that game last week, and that was a heavyweight battle. I, I don't care what anybody says. Dallas can say we got a couple bounces. Philly can say we got it. doesn't matter. It was a great game. It's what you want to see, you know, between two NFC East Titans. And Dak played, played his best game of the year. 
my idea is they put so much energy into that game. They may come out flat. I don't know. Like Again, like sometimes the psyche acts a little strange, right? So maybe DeVito catch them off guard. I mean, I, I don't know. He, he Listen, I know he threw a touchdown last week. He was 62% completion percentage. Maybe they throw a couple screens. They get a screen game going. They make a couple big plays. And next thing you know, they shut down and they win the game. Other things have happened. That's all I can say. I mean, I remember the Giants throwing in, like, Jarrett Lorenzen one time. I thought, like, who's this guy that should be kind of, like, sweeping the, the pins at the bowling alley all of a sudden playing quarterback? So, you know, Tommy DeVito, I think he may have a little skill left other than Jarrett Lorenzen. Tony, it's always great getting you on and, and love having you on a Friday here as we get set for the weekend and everything that's ahead. Tell us a little bit about Wind Daily Sports, the work that you're doing, where we can get more of it. Yeah, man. Listen, we, we got a lot of stuff going on, uh, a lot of promos going on. Check out with Daily Sports. Get on that YouTube page. Like and subscribe. Um, you serious every Saturday uh, from 6 to 8. And you can text me. Just started up uh, a new show called The Fantasy Firebox. Uh, give best half hour sports betting props. Fantasy every Saturday morning, 9 a.m. Uh, when Daily Sports you do. Tony, appreciate you. Uh, enjoy your weekend there. And a weekend without Philadelphia Eagles football. So thanks so much for your time today, Tony. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend. There he is. Tony Cotillo, Win Daily Sports, talking some fantasy football here as we get ready for the continuation of Week 10, which gets underway Sunday morning from Germany. Can I go back to one thing he said there? And I didn't want to take a detour and challenge him because, like, what's the point? But I just think, so there's somebody outside the area, somebody who has a platform, somebody who called Steph Diggs a diva. I don't know why that issue, like if you speak up, that doesn't make you a diva. George Pickens, what he did, you won the game. You didn't get your targets, and then you acted that way? That's divish. That's like, hey, we won, but no, 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 no. I I think that I I just kind of need to point that out. Like, don't put Steph Diggs in that category. I I think that a lot of people would put Steph Diggs in that category because it's easy. Based on his history, based on what you thought you knew of Steph Diggs from his time in Minnesota, the idea that he kind of forced his way out of there, which none of it really is is accurate, right? Like, there were some disagreements, but the, the level of mistrust between Steph Diggs and the Vikings coaching staff meant that he needed to go somewhere else. And I'll get the sense that that's what they have here even with all of the offseason. And there was drama, but it wasn't drama that to me was was started by Steph Diggs. The drama and the, the headlines all came because Sean McDermott mishandled himself in a press conference. That's it. Said the wrong yep. thing. He lied. Said he the lied. wrong thing about his player. And his player, every chance we've gotten to hear Steph Diggs, show me where he's a diva. I, I'm waiting. I, I don't hear it. I don't see it. His teammates love him. If, if he's a diva for being the the biggest competitor on that roster, then we need to change the definition of a diva. Because that's that's all I see. I just see a guy who's, he's he's that kind of psycho competitor that I was talking about yeah. earlier with Zach Elp. Yeah, I, I think he is, um, if not just in Western New York, one of the most misunderstood athletes in sport today. Like you see it from the outside. And also part of this too, Danger, and I've told this story, like, I, you know, as we're waiting to go in the Bills' locker room following uh, this crushing season-ending loss against the Bengals, and you see Diggs storming out of there, and he is furious. 
normally you don't see that emotion that close. And where he he's so angry, he doesn't want to hear the, the, the speech from McDermott, and they have to pull him back in. Like, that was something that, okay, a peek behind the curtain here. And that's where some of the national reporters might have saw them. Like, whoa, 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 what do you want? You know, like, so, so like, you're tri- you see little bits and if you don't see the whole picture and you see only a piece of it, then you can come to the wrong conclusion. There are a lot of people, though, that, that will hear what Tony said uh, and, and already have formed their own opinion. There are people that are listening right now that are disagreeing with every word coming out of your mouth, out of my mouth. They'll believe... They'll believe for the remainder of the season that Diggs is the problem. <laughs> that that the reason, part of the reason why the Bills' offense doesn't look right is because of Diggs. I know that you exist. I know that you're out there. I know that you hear what we're saying, and you can't help yourself. You're going to point the finger at Stefan Diggs and label him a diva and say it's because he wants the ball or he's weighing heavily on Josh's mind and Josh can't make a clear decision because Diggs is in the back of his head. Feed me the ball. Feed me the ball. Knock it off. It's nonsense. Yeah, one guy that comes out the tree of Brian, I hadn't seen him in a while, and we started talking about the Bills and Diggs, and he brought up even on it. He brought up like the like no, that's not right. And we had the debate. Anything in our show, if you think that Diggs is a diva and you want to point to something, I'm I'm willing to like listen to the counter argument to there. But your counter argument is going to be based on circumstantial things. Oh, I heard this. I see this. I don't like. No, I. You got to trust us on this one. Yeah, we we know we know. Uh, and we're certainly not as close to it as the beat reporters that are there in Buffalo. But even them, even when you talk to them, like there's plenty of of Bill's beat reporters that have no problem being vocal one way or the other. When have you heard any of those guys say, yes, Steph Diggs is the problem? It's his fault. You're not hearing it from the Tim Grahams of the world, right? Like the guys that are the... the uh, you know, um, well, Jerry Sullivan's on the beach. No, now, yeah, right. Yeah, no, yeah, but, but you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and there's a lot of guys that are really close to this team. Um, Joe Pascalia w- would never say Steph Diggs is a problem. Like everybody that recognizes it, sees it, recognizes it for what it is. He's a competitor. Now, Steph Diggs and Josh Allen, was their relationship fractured? I'd listen to that discussion when, when Josh Allen was calling him the wide receiver and like, that's that's not like that 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 sounded a little off during one of those post games in Detroit last year. So to me, there's something there, but I I think right now they're fine, and I don't think what 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 is, they need each other. What is ailing this Bills offense right now has nothing to do with the relationship between yeah. Josh Allen and Steph Diggs. No, they're symbiotic. They need each other. <laughs> Diggs isn't Diggs without Allen, and Allen is not Allen without Diggs. They need each other, and I don't think that there's anything there. And if there was. It's in the it's in the past, and they've moved moved on from it long ago. Oh, sidebar: Steph Diggs showing up on the injury report today with a back issue. He was limited. Now it's not your normal Friday; they have an extra day. The but typical diva. Stop. Um, th- yeah, that's worth paying attention to. Final injury report comes out tomorrow. Tomorrow, yeah. Uh, I get the sense from that injury report that we won't see Micah Hyde or Christian Benford come Monday night. No, if they're both not practicing today, hide with the neck. And as you said accurately, danger yesterday, you have only one neck. <laughs> Which neck did he injure? <laughs> Is it his left neck or his right neck? 
I mean, I'm just curious because last year he hurt his neck. I want to make sure that it's not the same neck that he hurt last yeah. year. Oh, it is the same neck? That's not good. No. That's not good. No. So, and then Benford. So, Benford's out. Okay, Rasul, that's what we brought you in yeah. for. Welcome. You're starting. It's a long season, man. These players get dinged up and, and the bumps and bruises don't quite go away as quickly as you'd like them to. Happy hour on the way next in the sports bar. Uh, lots to unpack from uh, Zach Gelb. Lots to unpack from Tony Cotillo. And the bit of breaking news that we got during the show today, the yeah. joke uh, from the Big Ten. Oh, it's not a joke. I think That's it's hilarious. Punishment. I think it's hilarious. That's punishment. It's a hilarious attempt at flex, uh, at flexing their muscle there by the Big Ten. Uh, the uh, <laughs> What they've uh, handed down to Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh. We'll get to that and more next. And we have time for your calls. If you want to pull up a stool, get your sports weekend started off right here on the Sports Bar at 585-866-4FAN, 866-4326. The Sports Leader, 95.7 FM and AM 950. The Fan, Rochester. Odyssey has sports for every fan. Keep up with your favorite teams from across the country and get the inside scoop from experts. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Odyssey.